Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. Good to be with you. If you're a, a mother in the house, or rather, maybe even you just have the heart of a mother, welcome. We're glad that you're here. In fact, we have some lemonade, I'm told, with special straws out in the lobby for you waiting after service. Uh, and you'll also notice when you leave, there is a beautiful greenery wall set up to take family pictures together. Now, we have one rule on Mother's Day. Okay, church? If you're ready for it, say we're ready. All right, one rule on Mother's Day is if mama wants you to take a picture, you take a picture. Got it? All right, you got to do it. That's the rule here in church today. It's a very important and serious and sacred rule for us. Uh, But man, I'm excited to spend some time with you as we launch into uh, near the end of this series uh, called Think Outside. You see, at Easter, we kicked off uh, a, a message called Think Outside the Tomb, and then we had Think Outside the Cell, and last week, Think Outside of Time. But before we tell you, I tell you what we're gonna be thinking outside of today, I wanna take a moment uh, and let you know this message that I'm getting ready to share is my third edition. Uh, Last night, I rewrote the whole thing. Uh, Because I was praying all week and looking and waiting. I was like, all right, I don't know. Maybe I just waited till it was 24-hour prayer because this weekend is 24-hour prayer. Um, And I've actually found the people that were praying while I was rewriting the message. And I can tell you the power of prayer uh, works here. Uh, But here's what I want to do. I have a ton of scriptures here marked here in the Bible. And I have some words that I want to share. But ultimately, this is my prayer. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit of God shows up in a powerful way and speaks to us no matter what, right? That God wants to speak to us through his word. And I believe this. I believe that God has a word for you. That we didn't maybe, I don't know, maybe some of you just showed up today because it's Mother's Day and you got drugged to church. Don't raise your hand. But I believe this, that when we come expecting the Holy Spirit to move and work, that's exactly what God will do. So church, are you ready to receive the word of the Lord today? If so, say yes. There we go. All right, hey, let's pray, and we're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to do what only God can do in this place. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, just as we sang a little bit ago, we ask that your spirit would move in unseen places. God, that you would speak to us, Father, that you would remove barriers to what you're speaking. God, that you would get me out of the way or get our hearts out of the way. God, that you would move things so that, God, you can do what only you can do. Father, my prayer is that no matter if they're in the room, watching online, or even on demand later, God, that your spirit would prepare people for what you have through your word. As we believe the most important words spoken today will be your words. So, Father, guide us into your presence, we ask in the name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. Man, I'm excited to uh, share some things because today we're thinking outside the system. Thinking outside the system, the ways of this world, and there's lots of different things that may come to mind when I say the system. Maybe those of you raised in the 90s, uh, maybe some Rage Against the Machine was playing in your head a little bit in the 2000s, Lincoln Park or whatever. Or maybe when I mention the system, maybe you had thoughts of patriotism come to your mind as we're a nation founded on people 
who tested and rebelled against the system, right? Or maybe when you think of rebellion in the system, moms, you think of that three-year-old. Man, my daughter, when she was three, I don't even know what that was. But we called her a three-nager. And we're like, man, she's just prepping us for later in life. But as we learn to think what it means how to live outside the systems and the patterns and behaviors and thought processes and powers of this world, I want to ask a question today. How can I develop an eternal mindset? Everyone say eternal. How can I develop an eternal mindset? Because the reality is, is the big thing in culture now, and I see it on TikTok and Facebook Reels and wherever you get your social media connection, as there's these people that will say things like, this is how you develop a growth mindset. Some of our educators may know what that means. This is how I develop a growth mindset. Or, or some of the guys that I follow, and I don't know why I follow them, it's a little ridiculous. They're like, how to develop a millionaire mindset. And, and there's all these steps and processes and, and things that they want you to follow so that you can develop and live with these different mindsets. In fact, as a parent, my goal is to prepare my children for life ahead. So I stole this idea from Pastor Dale, and I've heard of other people doing this as well. I took a book and I gave it to my son and I said, if you read this, I'll give you 10 bucks. And it's a book called The Go-Getter. It's a little bit less than 100 pages, but it was written almost 100 years ago. And so it's written in Old English and I said, son, if you can read this and tell me what it means, I'll give you 10 bucks. Now, the interesting thing is if you're on staff here or one of our interns, you normally have to read this book. And I've had people come to me before and say, it's too difficult to read, and they quit. And I'm like, dude, it's called the go-getter, right? Like, we want you to read this thing. And so my son, he came up to me, and he couldn't understand the words. He says, Dad, what does this word mean? And I said, what's the title, son? He said, go-getter. I said, do you expect me to figure this out for you, or can you do it yourself? And so he opened the book next to his tablet, and he was looking up words as he went through. And then at the end, he came up to me, and he was like, Dad, let me tell you what this book is about. And he gave a great description and drew out some things in it that I hadn't even seen before. An 11-year-old. Did I say 10? I meant 11. He'd be mad if I mixed that up. And the reality is, is I want my son to grow up to become a productive member of society. I don't want him to be lazy or to have a victim mentality. There's that mentality word then there. And these aren't bad things, are they? No. But I have to ask myself the question, to what end? Why are we developing these mentalities? How can I learn to think outside the box of the systems of this world? How can I learn to have an eternal mindset when my feet are planted on this ground of this temporary earth? You see, the things that seem so enticing to us once we get them, they often don't provide the fullness that we thought they would. If you agree with that, shake your head yes at me. Because I, earlier this week, sat down and I started to write down maybe some of the things, so don't make fun of me, that I think would make me happy. And you have your own list. Probably, if I was to say, I would be happy if I fill in the blank, you might have a list of really cool temporary things. Let me give some of my list, all right? I would be happy if... I sold everything, moved into one of those travel vans, worked remotely, and saw all the national parks, right? Have you, have you seen people that do that? They like buy these vans and it's like super cool. 
I don't know how they do it long term, but that would be cool. I might be happy if I could get those retirement accounts fully funded. Or what if I got a promotion? Or, or what if, what if, what if I rolled into the NAS one weekend in a brand new GMC Yukon XL? Or an F-350 diesel? I'll take either one. Throw in a Ford Bronco and we're ready. I'll take all three. Maybe I go back to school or, 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 or maybe I would be happy if I have the best lawn. Lawn jockeying has started in my neighborhood. The competition is on. And the older, wiser men have come around and made hints at things. And man, I'm telling you, I'm ready to blow them out of the water this year. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I need Jesus. Maybe I'd be happy if I can get a better handle on my taxes. Or if the election primary would go the way I wanted it to. Or if I could get gas prices down under $2 a gallon again. I'm running for office, guys, can't you tell? <laughs> or, or maybe if I would just have better health or how about a more balanced life, exercise more, eat more Chipotle, more date nights, right? More time with friends. Amen, I heard some amens here. <laughs> These are bad things. But I'm reminded in scripture that says, what good is it if we gain the whole world and at the same time forfeit our soul? In fact, Jesus kicked his public ministry off in Matthew chapter four, verse 17. This is what he says. And this is, I don't love this, okay? But the reality is with scripture is it's not here to make us feel good, right? It's here to give us truth and direction because Jesus, when he launches his public ministry, you know, I think it would be pretty cool if Jesus, when he launched his public ministry, said, hey, follow me and everything is gonna be good. Everything will be fair. You'll have more than you ever need. David, that Yukon, yours. Okay, Jesus. But instead, he says, repent. Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. You see, an eternal mindset, and I'm gonna share some different ways that we can walk in an eternal mindset. An eternal mindset is one of repentance. And you're like, okay, David, you had me until that point. We can talk about lawns all day, but when you start talking about repentance, that's, mm. But I think Jesus wasn't just talking about repentance like, you know, where we get down on our knees and say, Jesus, I'm sorry if I lied this week. Jesus, I'm sorry for uh, my bad intentions. And Jesus, right? I think really one of the things Jesus could be talking about is, God, I want to repent from thinking we will find satisfaction in the things of this world. God, forgive me for the times where I don't look at you, but I'm looking at everything else that I think will make me happy, even though deep down I know it won't make me happy. I still look there. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, help me to realize that the best things in life are eternal. You see, I found this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. 
yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze. Everyone say gaze. On things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You see, one phrase I like to use as we try to walk this tightrope, this balance between trying to understand what things I should focus on in this temporary life and what things I should focus on that are eternal, is I like to say, glance at the temporary and gaze at the eternal. Glance at the temporary and gaze at the eternal. You see, one is a place we fix our eyes on. The other one we acknowledge. We have to deal with. We have to be active in. But really, that's an ends to a means to an end, right? Now I get it. We have to live here on this earth, and great mindsets are good. We don't want to have victim mindset. We want to have a strong mindset. You know, I'd love it if we had a bunch of millionaires up in here mindset have some great tithes and offerings then. Kidding. But these aren't bad things. But that's not what we live for, is it? That's not what the goal is. The goal is eternity. The goal is to keep the things that last forever in focus like souls or worshiping our creator or working to bring glimpses of heaven to earth, right? What are we working towards? And this is where I turn to Matthew uh, chapter six, starting in verse 19. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So as we live with an eternal mindset, we have to say, what treasures am I storing up? Am I working towards things of eternity or things of this earth because the things of this earth will fade? But it does require specific action for us now. So an eternal mindset begins with my actions now. It's not just, I'm not just saying, yeah, just ignore everything, stop working, whatever, we're just gonna get to heaven someday, no. Because I believe we have responsibilities and actions right now, circling back to what I mentioned earlier with my son in that book. You see, the reason I teach him as a child is because I realize that I have a limited amount of time with him. And I know that there's gonna become a point where the things that I'm teaching him for the future become the things that he needs to do right now. I don't teach him this stuff so he can ignore it and say, you know, Dad, when I'm 35, then I'm gonna follow it. But I teach him these things now so that he can start walking in these steps in small ways, maybe not completely, but partially. And I think the same could be said about the kingdom of heaven. That eternity is ahead of us, heaven is the destination, right? But it also starts now. That you can actually bring heaven to earth through your life and how you live your life. And it doesn't take all of these great, amazing gestures, but really, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth is just our ability to be faithful in the small things. And so I wrote, there's this this passage here in Matthew chapter 13, talks about a mustard seed. The eternal mindset requires a mustard seed faith. 
An eternal mindset requires a mustard seed faith. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. It says, here's another illustration Jesus used, and these are his words. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. An eternal mindset realizes that I don't have to have everything perfect and figured out right now, but that God can take your small acts of faithfulness right now and multiply them. That he can take my unimpressive life. He can take your unimpressive situation, but if you're striving to be faithful, this small mustard seed when planted in the garden grows up and it becomes a place where birds will sit on its branches and other plants find shade that God can take your small level of faithfulness and multiply it, but it really requires us getting to a point where we don't feel like we have to have everything figured out. That's the temptation, right? You know, maybe once I uh, read my Bible more every day. You know, once I start getting up early to pray, then then maybe the kingdom will come. And those aren't bad things, right? We wanna do those things, we pursue those things. But maybe what if we started right where we are with God and we said, God, take what I have right now and multiply it and use it. That's an eternal mindset. Saying, God, I'm not sure how you can take this situation and use it for your glory, but God, if you want it, it's yours. God, give me a mustard seed faith and start bringing your kingdom to earth. In fact, we find in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, uh, this is the Lord's Prayer. You may have heard it before. I said, Teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, Pray like this Our Father in heaven, may your name be holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, the kingdom of heaven began in the life of Christ and was realized in his death and resurrection. And we find out that the kingdom of God is more than just a mindset, it's a relationship to be lived out. You see, an eternal mindset begins in a relationship with Jesus. An eternal mindset begins in relationship with Jesus because outside of Jesus, these are just good thoughts. But only Jesus can transform your life. In fact, I've been drawn repeatedly to this, this passage of Scripture over these last couple weeks in John chapter 3. Where Jesus in his ministry had been doing miracles and great things. And this Pharisee named Nicodemus comes up to Jesus at night. He didn't want people to see him. Jesus, I, I, we see that you do these miracles and all this other stuff. Basically, who are you? And Jesus doesn't look at Nicodemus and say, I am the Christ. Bow down and worship me. No, Jesus is far more cryptic than that, but he explains how to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because these Pharisees were really good at following a bunch of religious rules, and they thought that they were walking in the kingdom, and they were headed in the right direction. And so Jesus tells him, 3-3, John 3-3, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What a weird thing to say, Jesus. 
Born again? And Nicodemus, confused by this, he says to Jesus, what, what do you mean, Jesus? I can't like re-enter my mother's womb and be born again. So therefore, how can I enter the kingdom of heaven? And it got me thinking a little bit because Jesus was making an earth-shattering statement. He says, all of these systems of the world and these things that people thought, if you followed these rules, you would be a part of the kingdom of God or go to heaven. And even at that time, they believed that Israel was the only place that the kingdom of God was. And I think maybe what was happening, as I think about what it means to be born, I, I don't know about you, but I've been at three, three times, I have three kids, I've, I've experienced three births in my life. And man, I'm not gonna describe it in detail. Thank goodness. But out of a mother's pain comes new life. Out of a mother's trauma comes a baby and, and one of the first things they do after is they wipe the baby down real quick or whatever. They take the baby and they, they place it in the arms of the mother and the mother holds the child close to themselves for the first time and it's a look. I, I can't tell you unless you've seen it, you don't know what I'm saying, but it's a look that happens. It's a look of love that says, I love you eternally. I'm never gonna let go of you. And I think a lot of times we hear this story where Jesus looks at Nicodemus and says, you need to be born again. We think it's all about action on our part. When in reality, what if Jesus was saying to Nicodemus that just as a mother is in pain, in pain allows a child to be born so they can experience life. I myself, Jesus, am gonna go die for you. I'm going to suffer and experience pain so that you can be brought into the arms of the Father again. He's saying all that other stuff doesn't matter, but I'm gonna take care of it. It's a promise from Jesus. An eternal mindset begins with relationship with Jesus and Jesus says the hardest part I'm gonna take care of so you can be with me. So I can be born into relationship with Jesus to know the love of Christ and to help others know the love of Christ. That's what gives us life. You see, eternity is gonna be a place that we gather in heaven someday. It's gonna be pretty cool and I'm gonna read a passage about that here in just a moment. But it starts now. It starts in relationship with Jesus. You see, this is kind of, it hit me hard this last week. Um, and I'll kind of share a little bit of my story this last week. You see, I went on this trip with my two of my brothers. And it was a nerd trip, okay? Straight up nerd stuff. You'll see why in a second. You see, my wife and kids aren't like super into like museums and historical places. But I'm the kind of guy that likes to stop and read every plaque. And then I take a picture of it so I can reread it again later. Nerd stuff, right? And so we traveled to this place in Pennsylvania called Fort Necessity, and it was a battlefield. And so, wait, hold up. Is there any history nerds in the house? Like, you love history, right? You might like this part. The rest of you are going to hate it. I'm sorry. 
But we traveled to this place called Fort Necessity, and it was a place that uh, George Washington actually lost a battle in Pennsylvania that kind of kicked off the French and Indian War. Pretty cool. Then we drove over to this hallowed ground that we know to be Gettysburg. And uh, we went to the museum and we did all the sorts of things. I read everything there and then we went out to the battlefield and we spent eight hours walking the battlefield without stopping for lunch, which if you know me, that's a big deal because I hate missing lunch. But we couldn't stop, man. We just, you, you'd see it, like literally we're walking through the battlefield, walking through the days of it and, and seeing it unfold before our eyes and, and just dreaming and talking and looking and searching for Ohio regiments there and all this other stuff. Pretty cool. And then we went over to D.C., and we got the Metro Pass, so we rode the, the Metro Railway and the, the bus system. And even though we did all that, we walked 12 miles in a day. My knees still hurt. And we started to see all the beautiful things that D.C. has to offer. And I took some pictures here, and I didn't think I was going to be sharing them, so I didn't take them in landscape format, but uh, forgive me for my uh, terrible photography. But we went to the Capitol building, and we saw the statue of freedom that with its pedestal stands 30 feet tall overlooking Washington. We went over and got as close to we could, as we could to the White House, but with all these fences and stuff, we could hardly see the thing. We went to the Washington Memorial and all of its splendor, it was breathtaking. We went to the Teddy Roosevelt Memorial built on a little national park in the river of D.C. But we ended the day at the Lincoln Memorial. And I read a quote on the wall that got me thinking about something. You see, here's Lincoln. He's sitting in this giant chair in this building designed after the Parthenon in Greece. And I wanted to read the, the inscription above Abraham Lincoln. Let's zoom in a little bit, guys. And this is what it says. It says, in this temple, as in the hearts of the people for whom he saved the union, the memory of Abraham Lincoln is enshrined forever. And, and I read that, and it was really cool, but I got this sick feeling in my stomach. And I know this wasn't designed to be a place of worship. It's a memorial. But I leaned over to my brother and I said, something doesn't feel right. This feels like a place where people come to worship. You see, I believe that this great experiment of government that we have here by the people and for the people built on uh, the virtues of freedom, liberty for all, home for the immigrant and oppressed is incredible. In fact, I found a, a poem on the Statue of Liberty that says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuge of your teeming shore. Those of you countries of the world that don't want your people, we want them. And as I look at our great nation, I realize in many ways we reflect the kingdom of God, don't we? 
but also in many ways we fall short. And I think maybe what gave me a sick stomach is as I was standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial looking over D.C., I realized something that Scripture tells us that kings and kingdoms will all pass away. That someday this beautiful place that we call America and this form of government that we have, there's a very real possibility that just as we look at the uh, ancient um, systems of government and different things of the past and we, we study them that our very own DC someday could be crumbled and covered in moss and there comes a generation of people that says, what were they about back then? And it really put things into perspective for me as I realized something that as good as it is, it's not perfect and it's not heaven. Heaven doesn't look like Washington, D.C., right? Easier to realize on certain days. And as I learned about and read about thinking with an eternal mindset, I realized that sometimes I place my focus on the things of this earth too much. Then when in reality, Jesus is saying, I have something else. I want you to focus on my kingdom that will stand forever. On my kingdom that will last. Because it's built on his sacrifice and all that respond to him are welcome there. I'm reminded of a, an old uh, gospel song. that says, kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about that name. There's something about the name of Jesus that causes us to confront the reality that we won't last forever, that our bodies may decay, that bad things can happen, but he says, don't put your hope in all of the things that you can't control. Fix your eyes upon me. So I'm gonna ask you to do something this morning. I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. And I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes, please. Please don't dip out of the room yet. Close your eyes. Because I'm gonna go to the end of the book here in Revelation chapter 21 where we find this description of what heaven is going to look like and who heaven is for. Try to envision what I'm talking about. Revelation 21, verse three. It says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are now gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. 
I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. Keep your eyes closed, but in the kingdom of God, God is with his people always. He comforts, there's no death, no sorrow, all things are made new. He finishes what he starts and he gives freely the water of life. And then very near the end of this book, in verse 17, 22, 17, it says, the spirit and the bride say come. Let anyone who hears this say come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. This is his call. The call of Jesus for his people. That any and all are welcome in his kingdom. That if you're tired, hungry, or thirsty, come. For those of you that have had your eyes on the wrong things, come. And find life. And so we're going to pray here in a moment, but, and I don't normally do this if everyone's eyes are still closed. Please. If you're here in this room and you'd say, you know what? I can't have an eternal mindset because I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you've been running from Jesus and Jesus would say it's time to come home. If that's you today, I want you to slip up your hand and say, I need Jesus. I'm going to make eye contact with you if I can. I see you. Thank you. Anyone else? I see you. Yeah. Anyone else? Hand up. Say, that's me. I need Jesus. I'm ready to take that step. Yep, in the back. I see you. Thank you. We're going to pray together, church, and I'm going to ask us all to say this prayer as we keep eternity in mind. For those of you that need Jesus, it's a simple prayer. You want to return to him. Let's say it together. It's a great reminder for all of us. Everyone say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. Thank you for your sacrifice. I want to enter into a relationship with you. Give me an eternal mindset. And lead me on the way. Everlasting. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, can we take a moment, church, for the three people that raised their hand in here that took a step to follow Jesus today and those that are watching online? We believe that a decision to follow Jesus is incredibly personal, and it is, but it's not intended to be kept private. So if you took that step, I want you to come see me after service. I have a Bible and a gift I'd love to give you. If you're watching online, click the button. I said yes, but please... Please tell someone, okay? Please tell someone of the step that you've taken so that you can walk with our Savior. Now, here in just a moment, I'm going to bless you all before you go. But I do have a quick announcement for you. Uh, you see, next Sunday, you may already know this, will be Pastor Misty's last Sunday with us. 
Now she's gonna continue to worship here after she has a vacation and some time away. But immediately following service next weekend, Next Sunday, um, we're going to have a little reception. I think there's going to be cake there. Uh, but bring a card, a note, come talk to Pastor Misty and thank her for her time of ministry here at the NAS. So I want to invite you personally to be a part of that. Maybe you're watching online and you'd like to come in for it. We'd invite you to join us here next weekend. But I want to bless you before you go. Go ahead and put your hands out like this. For those of you that come on Mother's Day and you're not used to this, uh, this is not a mystical thing. Right, We don't have lightning bolts that hit us in the palms, but rather we just posture ourselves before the Lord because the Bible tells us that God loves his kids and he loves to bless them with good gifts. And that's why we end with a blessing. And so it is my prayer that Jesus would smile upon you this week. That Jesus would go with you wherever you go, that he would help you to live with eternity in mind. that he would provide for you, that he would help you to glance at the things of this world and gaze upon him, and that he would use you to bring heaven to earth in a mustard seed sort of way. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Be blessed, church. We love you guys. Go in the grace and peace of our Lord, and of course, happy Mother's Day. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.